Voice of the Bombers, one-on-one with Mike O'Shea, the Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. We're with you on a Tuesday night because of the leaders debate that we carried live last night. And I assure you this show will be more entertaining than the leaders debate was last night. 780-6868 is our phone and text number. Mike, let's start with uh, reports out of Toronto that the Blue Bombers and Argos have had discussions about a trade for a quarterback. What can you tell us about that? Nothing. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's interesting. These reports, it shows up on a website or something like that, and um, it, it makes news. There's a... Uh, you know, there's always a, a need to fill pages. So, um, but yeah. I, so there's nothing going on? No, I mean, it's, you know, earlier on when when Matt got hurt, obviously we investigated various options to bring in a third, but uh, that was sort of dried up. So I don't know, the news coming out of Toronto today is interesting. It looks like they're trying to trade everybody. So maybe that's what this is about. They have new management there. Pinball Clemens is in charge after they relieved Jim Pop of his duties today in Toronto. Let's talk about your quarterback, Chris Streveler. Um, you guys lost in Saskatchewan on the weekend. He threw a couple of picks, 21 to 6. You've scored 13, 19 points in the last two games. Where are you at as you assess the development of Chris Streveler right now? I think he's growing. I think. Uh... You know, if I look at the previous bunch of games, we we beat BC, we beat Edmonton. He engineers a drive in the fourth quarter to go ahead and Sask, and we give it up. Then we absolutely beat the pants off of Sask the following game. He puts up or is in charge of the offense when we put up 34, say minus uh, seven for the, so 27 offensive points. Um in Montreal, and then, you know, we have that fourth quarter in Montreal that's pretty tough. Um, you know, lose to Hamilton and then lose to Sask. But, you know, he's he's showing the ability to to make the plays and run the offense and, and lead and win. So in any season, there's there's ups and downs and ebbs and flows and, you know, I think it's it's not just Chris Streveler's job; it's everybody's job to to make sure they're putting in the work to allow us to win. And I, you know, as I leave to come here tonight, Chris Streveler is still there watching film and making his notes and doing the same routine that he does every single day. So, at this point, from your perspective, riding with Streveler, there's there's no question about that in your mind. Nope, no question. Yeah, you've spent almost two years nurturing this guy, developing him. Uh, now, this is just me talking. I don't know why you'd give up on him now. I know he's had I a wouldn't. Couple, no, I know you wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, he's had a couple of, uh, you know, well, last week wasn't his best game, but I don't know. He's your guy, isn't he? He's got to yeah. be your guy the Absolutely. rest of the way. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, it, listen, it, you know, when you say nurturing, it's interesting. He came in as a young man that really understood what it took to be a pro right off the bat. In terms of his work ethic, his preparation, uh, he 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 gathered information and and you know, I would say he fine tuned his his weekly prep 
you know, with the help of looking at Matt Nichols and what he does, but he tailored it to what he needed. And um, so, you know, I think the nurturing uh, is kind of an interesting word. I, I think what he needed was, you know, reps and time playing like uh, like everybody else does. Yeah. Well, nurturing is maybe not a word that applies in sport, but you know you know what I mean by <laughs> yeah, it. You know, you've you've spent developed almost, him. Yeah. 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 And you've you've invested a lot in him, and he's invested a lot in us too. Sure. Like he's put in the time to yeah. to be where he's at. Yeah. Back to this whole quarterback discussion. Is it feasible? Would it be feasible for a never mind this team, any team, for a quarterback to come in on a Tuesday? to a whole new offense and a whole new program. How long would it take him to get up to speed to the point where you could actually trust him to go out and run your offense? How long would that take? Well, I think there's a lot of variables in that, you know. Sure obviously, there are, how many, how veteran he is, if he's ever been in a system like Lapos, you know, those types of things. So, uh, I don't know. So it depends. Several weeks. Yeah. For him to really understand what's going on. It, to the point where you're not going to go out there and have a bunch of mistakes that, that end up costing you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sean McGuire. You're still solid with him, yeah, number like two. Him. Like yep. him a lot? Yeah, absolutely. And there was no opportunity in Regina to get him into the game. No, we were down by eight points with under three minutes to go. Yeah. Or right around three minutes to go. You know, that's... <laughs> we're not making a change there. It's Your defense... I thought it was outstanding on Sunday. What did you think of them? Yeah, they they absolutely. Um, I thought they did a great job. You know, we did give up uh, three or so explosions to the tune of about 150 yards. So that one that one tip ball um, that Winston tipped and the Shaq Evans corralled after. It's just a it's a great play for fans, but not for where we're standing on the bench. But Winston had a had a valiant effort on it, and it's just one of those fluky plays that one guy makes. You know, you call it fluky. I call it lucky. Well, it's it's you don't there's like a lot that of word, skill. Though, do you? There's a lot of skill involved. I mean, he. Yeah. It's just uh, another another inch, and and Winston's got a another interception to his league leading tally, and. Um, it wasn't there, and and uh, Shaq Evans tips it back to himself and gets it, and there's 61 yards right there. So, um, but defense rallied, came out, and held him to a field goal, yeah. which is uh, which was great. You also had on defense a couple of opportunities for picks where guys just couldn't hold onto the ball. Eh? Yep, yeah, we had our chances. That's the one thing that we would have liked to have done better. We we didn't create any takeaways, um, which. Certainly would have would have helped our cause in a, in an eight point game. You know, one takeaway can be the difference. And I know we lost the that turnover margin by you know tally of four to nothing. So four to one or three to one. You know, you think the game tips in your favor. There are games that are won every year with uh, when you lose the turnover margin. It's just and that might have been one of them. Sure, losing can create a bit of unrest in a locker room. Do you see any of that? No, I see guys that are. Um, coming to work and and sticking to the same routine and trying to avoid the you know the the noise. This time of year gets noisy anyway outside of the locker room because it's building up to playoffs. But um, this market in general gets really noisy with uh, this time of year, especially after a, a loss to Saskatchewan. Yeah, you're right about. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well said. Montreal's here Saturday. It's family day. 
$15 youth tickets. The game's at 3 o'clock. The first 5,000 kids 12 and under get a free Bombers lunch bag. So we're looking forward to Saturday afternoon. Montreal's coming in. I think it's going to be a great game. It might be cold and snowy. How do you feel about that? Sounds perfect. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> it's football weather. This, isn't that the greatest time of year? Yeah. It's when it starts to get cold. and The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Welcome back. Again, the show is brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science. Science for a better life. Let's go to the phone lines. Jason, you are on with Mike O'Shea. Hello, hey, Jason. Mike and Bob. How's it going? Not bad, Jason. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Good, good. I'm um, just wondering, um, you know, like the past few games, you know, like 13 points, 6 points, is there ever a chance we could see what Sean McGuire has got I know he's been with you guys all year. You guys picked him over Brian Bennett and kept him because I've been to many training camp sessions and the practice sessions all year long. I've been off with a knee injury myself, and I actually liked what Sean McGuire has. Like, can we see what he's got? You know, we might have, a say, a Matt Dunnigan here sitting on the sidelines. And uh, what's your thoughts on that? Well, it's... It's not easy to get a guy into a game to get those reps, but uh, we certainly have a lot of confidence in Chris Streveler, and we believe that that Sean McGuire is, is a good quarterback. Um, but until he gets into a game, which is, once again, tough to do when you believe in the guy you got is going to help you win games, it's tough to just slide him in there for a series here or a series there um, to get him some experience. And we just haven't been in a position game-wise uh, of late to to throw him in for any extended period of time. But, uh, you know, we, we know what we got at quarterback, and and this is the way they're ordered. I know, but just like in hockey, you know, uh, somebody's struggling, you often throw in a backup just to see what he's got or see if he can lift a team up. And in this case, we haven't seen it yet. So can we see it soon sometime, please, or if he continues to struggle at all? Okay, Jason, we'll let him respond to that. I appreciate the call. Well, I don't anticipate Chris Traveler struggling. So, and and I think the hockey reference is interesting. They play eighty-two games a year. You know, when you're dealing with eighteen games, you're not just moving guys in and out all over the place. You know, you're, and when you deal with the CFL, when you know no lead is safe, you, you're, it's just uh, it's just not done in football. Kelly, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Kelly. Hi. Um... Okay, the, the way I look at it is I don't see Shreveler as being the number one quarterback. I, I see him as being the quarterback now under the circumstances and that Nichols is number one, he's number two, and then uh, McGuire number three. Um, now, I think that the Bombers are going to be, you know, uh, up against some hard competition here with Calgary and uh, back-to-back. Um do you think that it's wise to let this guy start the game against Montreal for at least a quarter? Um, well, I, the the plan is to, you know, play Chris Traveler and win the game. And and if we get up a, a good enough lead, then we'll see if we can't get uh, Sean McGuire reps. But, I mean, the plan every game is to go in with your starter and Play the game as it as it unfolds, and make decisions as games go on. 
Yeah, I'm seeing a, a similarity between him and uh, Jonathan Jennings, the way he was, you know, supposed to be the next quarterback, and he kept throwing interception, interception, interception. Wow. Well, I, th- I think once once again, like sacks, like interceptions, like fumbles, all those things, you, I think we got to be careful because quarterbacks take the brunt of of pretty well all the blame. And, uh, you know, they probably get a little too much credit when they win also. Um, but uh, n- not everything is, is as you see it in terms of mistakes on the field. Here's a text question. Uh, Coach, I felt the turning point was the Streveler fumble. On that play, it looked like A.C. Leonard was offside. In fact, Dwayne Ford thought it was worthy of a challenge from you. Uh, the clue for me was that he went around Hardrick untouched, which never happens. Can't challenge offside. In fact, they review every turnover, um, but they will not discover an offside. So even if they see there's an offside on the uh, on the play, they can't call it. Uh, Coach, we have not scored a touchdown since the first quarter of the Hamilton game, seven quarters of football without getting into the end zone. Uh, what will be done in terms of personnel, play calling, and or execution to make things better? We, we obviously, as a staff, we analyze everything, and we players watch film, and we put down put together game plans, and we put together plays that we believe are going to score. Here's another one. This from David. Uh, Mike, why in these last three losses is Paul Apolis calling plays that would be essential if Matt was playing versus calling plays that work to Strev's ability? Why not call two to three back sets and run to his strengths and not pass? I've been hearing a lot of, of that from the weekend from people. Why are they calling Matt Nichols plays? And my, my response, and you... you you, I'm interested in yours. Is that <laughs> the same as yours? They're running their offense. And yes. Of course, you tailor plays to your quarterback depending yeah. on his skills. Yeah. But. We have an offensive playbook that gets installed in training camp. That by the end of training camp, you've run 1,200 plays out of this playbook, and you build off it a little bit. But basically, what you run in training camp, what you the systems you run are the systems you run. Now there there have been some. Uh, additional plays and some some schemes drawn up for Chris Streveler, but um, you know this is the way I would say most teams do it: is you is you you run your systems, and you you know you know your guys are capable of running them, and and they're familiar with them, and and away you go. So the two and three back stuff, I mean that's. Navy or Army football, right? Old school three back system. We do run double tights and we do run a tight end, like an offensive lineman and a fullback with Andrew Harris back there also and Chris Trevler. So we do have bigger team sets that we have as part of our offensive system and our playbook. And they do get run. But uh, I don't know that you can make a, a living doing that the entire game. Jerry, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Jerry. Oh, thanks. I just wanted to add a positive spin. I wanted to say thank you to the Bomber organization, uh, the players, the alumni. I take my kid to as many games as possible. He absolutely loves it. He's a diehard. He's, I think he's a more passionate fan than I am. He's 11 years old. He's been going to games since he was uh, since about 2015. 
So four seasons, the alumni signings in the in the tailgate beforehand. My kid absolutely lives for it. He's an autographed pig, I got to tell you. Um, but the alumni and the current players at Fan Appreciation Days just treat him like gold, and I just wanted to put that out there. I thank you very much for it, because anybody who's a parent knows when you make the kids' day, you make the parents' day. So thank you very much. Appreciate the kind words. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Show is brought to you by, in part, by Bear Crop Science, science for a better life. Hey, Coach, this is a text. Inquiring minds would like to know, do the players listen to the show? That's not me. That's a text. My and it person. rhymes. Yeah, it was kind of lyrical, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> Have any of them ever said to you, hey, I heard your show the other night? No. They haven't? No. Disappointed in that. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Don, you're on the coach's show with Michael Shea. Go ahead, Don. Hey, coach, how's it going? Not bad. That's good. Hey, um, you know what? We got a, sh- sh- we sure got a lot of uh, negative Nellies out there tonight, don't we? Yeah, it comes with the territory. You lose a couple games, especially losing to Saskatchewan. You know it's going to be that way. But um, oh, yeah. the guy, the guys in the room are positive and and. Excited about this opportunity against Montreal? Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, I got to ask you a question. How many, ga- how many games has Strebler actually started? Oof. I think it's nine. Yeah, there you go, nine. Yeah. Four last year, and I think it's five now, isn't it, this year? Uh, yeah, probably five. Yeah. So, like, you know what? Uh, He's been brought in. You know, I look at him. I hey, I'm behind you. You, you know what? He's he's a guy, and you got to uh, you got to stick with him. And uh, and I, I believe in uh, you know your positive uh, you know you know your positive uh, uh, vibe or whatever you want to call it uh, towards him and stuff like that. But uh, you know what? A lot of these guys, I think they got to realize, you know what? It's a process. You know, he's been in there, you know, it hasn't started. All of a sudden, Nichols goes down. Uh, now he has to start. Now the weight of the world is on his shoulders. You know what? The only thing I can really see is out of him is, you know what? He He's looking. He has to play a different role now than he's all, always has been. And, he, you know, his timing's a little out. Uh, you know what? Maybe, you know, maybe the accuracy is a little out. Maybe the reads are a little out or something like that. But I don't think it's other than than just fine-tuning. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, the, the weight of the world on your shoulders is interesting. I think every pro athlete does that. And, and you know, it's up to us as a coaching staff to to make sure we can disperse that weight. And, you know, I think it's up to the, the, the veteran guys and teammates, um, you know, young guys and, and veterans alike to, to make sure they're, they're making the plays and, and giving a young quarterback an easier ride. So um, it's all, I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable team game. And unfortunately, the quarterbacks, once again, take shoulder a ton of blame when you lose. And, and once again, probably get a little too much credit when you win um, because it is such a great team game. So. Uh, but Strev's a, a real good pro for a 24-year-old or whatever he is. Yeah, 24, I think, you know, with nine starts, uh, he's he's a really good pro. And I think if, if, the, if the, in general, if fans could 
you know, have a window to our world and they would see what a day holds in store for Chris Trevler or any professional quarterback and see the amount of work they put in, um, oh. they would have a lot of faith in him too. <laughs> it's well, it's awesome know, it, how it, much he works. It's unbelievable and people forget that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Don. Thanks for your call. Thanks a lot, Coach. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Jared, you're on the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead. Jared, go ahead. Oh, hey. Um, just wondering, uh, just because we have all this like extra, the, the trade deadline is tomorrow, have you ever thought about bring? like I know there's talk about bringing in a quarterback and this and that, but how about like a star receiver? Like, say, uh, Darrell Walker from Toronto. I believe he's a free agent after this year. Um, what about something like that where you bring in a, yeah, star wide receiver? Yeah, I'm trying to make a push for that because we got some salary cap room, right? With Matt Nichols being out, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, you know that Kyle and and Ted, Danny, and Ryan, his staff, their job is to basically, you know, have all these discussions and and put together these plans and um, think about anything that'll that'll make our team better at any time, even when you're you're in the midst of winning or you know, right after a championship game or anything like that, they're always trying to find ways to make our team better. And it's just, we, we've we got a good young core of receivers. We've got, a, you know, Darvin Adams, a, a veteran receiver who's who's really good, very talented. And I, I don't think that's really a pressing need. I really don't. Well, I, I do love our receivers too. And I love Rasheed Bailey. I know he's sitting on the kind of the sidelines or in the backup role. Too, but uh, yeah, as an armchair coach, I would totally love if we even make a big move like that. Because Calgary every year seems to make a big move, big move. The last year they brought in Chris Matthews. I know we had him this year and we let him go, but every year they seem to be making moves and they're in the Great Cup every year. Yeah, it, it is difficult on the offensive side to to make a move late and and have it really pay off. The, the amount of learning. That has to go into getting a playbook and the terminology down is is it's uh, it's a large load. So um, veteran guys can do it. That's for sure. They they know their way around a, a CFL offense and they can certainly digest it easier. But um, you know, if you're still a young guy in the CFL and we have a couple of years or three years or whatever it is, it's going to be more difficult for that Great. process to take hold. Jared, we're going to leave that there. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Jared. All right, Jared, thanks very much. Um, It's rare in the Canadian Football League for there to be any significant trades at trade deadline, isn't it? I can't remember the last time there was a significant trade at trade deadline. I think it's rare in in other football leagues also. Yeah, in football. Football. Baseball and hockey are different, but uh, in the NFL, you you do not see... Significant trades late in the season. Yeah, and it's easier to do a tra- make a trade on the uh, on the defensive side of the of the football. Um, and I said before, it's probably even easier to trade for a kicker or mm-hmm. you know um, a special teams guy or a specialist if that's what you needed. Yeah, but uh, it's certainly more difficult on offense. The playbook's just uh, uh, that much bigger. Is it also fair to say that you like to? Stay with your guys. When you've come this far with your guys, and you are nine and six, it's not like you're six and nine. That you prefer to stay with them because you believe in them. 
Well, it's our jobs to win football games. So I don't stay with guys because that's what I just prefer. I stay with them because I believe we have a chance to win with them. You know, we go through a a very long process. Uh, like Once again, Ted, Danny, and Ryan scour all offseason and during the season. They make their lists. We we have camps. We get them. We get eyes on them. We watch tape. We do all this stuff, and we narrow it all down through the end of training camp to what we believe is a roster that can win us football games. And you have that. And then you develop... Uh, a trust in these guys you see you you get to know them better you see their skill level and we make some changes during the year uh, some guys in some guys out um, based on what you see and what you need and if you start to gather more information that you didn't quite gather in in training camp or through the, the previous part of the process um, but we don't stay with them because we like to stay with them we stay with them because we believe in them and we believe in the process we followed which is it's not a it's it's not just a a short amount of time. It's a lot of time invested into each guy to figure out if they fit and if we can win with them. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Welcome back. Again, the show brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science. Science for a better life. We'll go back uh, a couple more phone calls before we look ahead to the Montreal game on Saturday. Harry, you're on with Coach O'Shea. Go ahead, Harry. Hey, Coach. How are you? Not bad, Harry. How are you doing? Good. I want to congratulate you. I am a writer fan, but I want to congratulate you for a fantastic year that you're having and the confidence that you're actually giving to the Winnipeg uh, people here. Um, I want to tell you something that's, been, that's incredible. I had a, a chance to talk to Cal Murphy before he died. I met him at the writer's store, and him and his wife, he still worked for the Colts. And uh, so I had a chance to have coffee with him for two hours in Regina. Here's what he said. I asked him, point blank, what's the biggest regrets that you had in the game? You know what he said? He said, be honest with you, a successful coach relies on his staff, but it doesn't. And he said that he relied too much on some players that let him down and some of his staff that let him down. He didn't make many names. And he said, people don't understand that kind of a tough statement, but it's the truth. Every good coach, the most successful coaches in football, whether it's NFL or CFL, still have to make up their own minds. Because if they rely, if you're going to rely because you like them so much, they won't, and you know in your heart they're not going to put your players or your staff is not going to put you through, you will be out the door. And I will never forget that speech that he made me. And I said, are you serious about this, Coach? He said, I'm telling you right now. That's the biggest regret that I ever had. Now, remember who Kel was, okay? But on the other hand, I just, look, buddy, I want to tell you something. I'm not a football coach. You are. But I, I want you to remember that kind of stuff. And, I, and then I asked him another question. I said, how do you know this kind of stuff? He said, well, he said, I coached among the most successful team ever when the MNS was back in the 70s and 80s. He said, you know what the staff was? Don Matthews, me, and Hugh Campbell. He said, Hugh Campbell made it very clear to us guys and about a lot of things, too. Yes, he relied on us to do our job, but I will never forget that, Coach. I just wanted to share that with you. All right, Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate the call. You anything to say about that? 
That sounds like a, a fantastic day sitting there with Cal Murphy for, for yeah. two hours having coffee. And, you know, you, you do hire good people and you trust them. And, and there's, there's a lot of truth to that. The bottom line is it, it falls on me. Winning and losing is my responsibility. That Edmonton team, you talked about, won five great cups in a row. Hugh Campbell was the coach. Don Matthews and Cal were two of the assistant coaches. That's a pretty good crew. They had a good staff. Yeah, did they ever. John, you're on the Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, John. Hi, guys. Uh, happy to be on the show. This is the first time I've ever really been on the show. Um, I'm, I work, uh, I'm working right now, and I, I'm on, uh, on and off on the show, so I don't know if this question's been asked. I think you guys have been doing an excellent job uh, as a team. I've been really excited throughout the season. My one thing is I'm wondering, why isn't Strebler being Strebler? Um, I find that now that he's the main quarterback, he's not running as much, and that's his power play, and I love it. And he's like an, uh, the, uh, uh, Mike Riley. He's the tough guy that can plow through. And the last game and the game before that, it hasn't been happening, and uh, and I think that's what works for him. And I'm right. just curious. Let's why. let the, let's let the coach answer. Why isn't Chris Strebler running more? Jean wants to know. What did he have last game? He did run last game. He ran for I don't know what it was. Did he run for fifty odd yards or something? He ran really? for he, he ran for forty eight yards. He ran for forty eight yards. So. Okay. He, he, he is running every time. You just maybe, like, if you think about the Montreal game, he had a run of 30 on second and one, and he had another big run uh, on a short yardage play. So he is, there are runs designed for him. He does also pull the ball down and, and make plays with his legs when the when the coverage takes hold of the of the route combination, for sure. Like, he's, he's, he's good at that. And then, you know, there are, in the last couple games, the way that defenses have been playing and trying to take away the run, it's uh, it's been a little bit effective, you know, but there's also the th- we have to get have to get him get his passing game going too, right? We have to have him see the pitchers, and you call a play, and if there are sometimes options on any on a on a run play that call for a pass in a certain situation, and some teams are giving us those situations where you need to throw the ball, so where it's smarter to throw the ball than it is to run into a loaded a loaded box, say. So he he like I said, he did run for 48 yards last game, which if you were to look at any other quarterback in the league, a 48-yard game would be a fantastic game. You know, you'd be getting some extra first downs and continuing drives with it, right? So uh, there aren't too many quarterbacks that run for, for that kind of yardage on a, on a game-by-game basis. Okay, John, we appreciate the call. Here, here's the last couple of texts we got. Uh, the first one is, I keep saying you can't win every game. Everyone has a bad day at work. This is just a bump in the road. Still a true Blue Bomber fan, always will be. That's how I was raised on Blue Bomber football. I'm standing behind Strev. Fans need to cheer for their team, not complain about them. See you at the game on Saturday. Go Blue. Go Blue. Here's another one. To Coach O'Shea, I work in education, so I, I understand people making judgments about things that they don't fully understand. I trust the way you and others run the team and that the players are doing what they need to and are learning as they go. Thanks to you and the team for great entertainment. I appreciate all of you. Is that so, You're wrapping up the show with those two? Well, no, we've still got time. <laughs> we've still to got go. time. Yeah, you should have no, saved no, those. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you when things aren't going well, there's a lot of criticism and what's wrong, why are you doing this, why are you not doing that? 
There's two texts. People took time to send these in so that you would get the message that, hey, we're still with you. I say we fans. There's a lot of them. A lot of them. Absolutely. You hear from the vocal minority yeah. sometimes. But. You asked about this at about our fan day uh, the other day, mm. and it was the stadium was packed with people that just love the guys and love what they're doing, and the you know from the entertainment value, the pride they have on the field, the the experience on game day, the time that players take out, how approachable they are. Like these are all very positive things for mm. sure. You know, we don't like losing. Um, but it's always nice to hear, and, and we know full well there are just the majority of fans obviously don't like losing, but they still love their bombers, so that's important. They'll love them even more if you beat Montreal on Saturday. <laughs> What's it going to take? Well, uh, Vernon Adams Jr. Is, is playing pretty well. Their, their whole team is playing with uh, a lot of confidence. They seem to have it going on right now. Um, you know, they just beat Calgary. They caused, I think, three fumbles and um, also had an interception. So they, they've made a lot of plays lately. Uh, they seem to, you know, sling the ball around the field pretty darn good. They're, they're running back. Stand back is, is, a, is a good tailback. So um, it's going to take a, a big effort. Now it's going to take four quarters because last time we were up, whatever it was, 34 to 10 at one point. I think it was 34 mm-hmm. to 10 at one point and and we gave it up to them in the fourth quarter. So we can't have that happen. They're young. They're carefree. They look like they're having fun. Yeah. Well, they're having fun again. Curry yeah. Jones has got them having fun again. That's yeah. for sure. Winning will do that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so Saturday is family day. Game time against Montreal is 3 o'clock. You can get youth tickets for $15. They'll have American Ninja Warrior, Obstacle Course, all kinds of stuff. First 5,000 kids, 12 and under, get a free bomber lunch bag. Bombers in Montreal, Saturday at 3. We'll be back next week. That's the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB.